Ladies and gentlemen, Legionnaires, welcome to this, your Legion of Myth live stream. Episode 188 on this beautiful day in November. It's a little cold where I am, but depending on where you are, it could be a little warm, I guess. Hmm. Normally, you'd be hearing the dulcet tones of Alex Garthon Marsh, along with my shrieking nonsense, but Garthon has abandoned me. He is gone. He is at some kind of uh, uh, adult retreat. I'm not going to say what kind. But I did have, to help me, Max Liao. But guess what? He's also... He's not actually gone. You just can't see him. So, hang on. Uh, Max, uh, what, what seems to be the problem? All right, good talk. Anyway, I'm all alone here, but I'm still going to give you what I can, and that's anime on the stream. I'm going to look at Gunslinger Girl. I'm going to look at Mobile Suit Gundam, the Await MS Team. Uh, both of these are, a well, the, uh, the 8th MS Team is from 1996, so that's an oldie. But it's actually yeah, one of the better Gundam animes I've watched. And after all of that, we're going to go to our random number generator. Anything you want to talk about, plus the thing I want to talk about, which is the Netflix movie I happened to watch by accident, Outlaw King with Chris Pine. Yeah, I know. But don't worry, don't worry. We're, we're going to get into all that. But first, let's give a special thank you to all of these donators. I love it. Look at this. Subscriptions galore. Five million people. I love it. I love it. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Especially uh, come next week when we give our, do our giveaway. And I believe the winner of the giveaway, well, the winner of the prize poll, what prize I'm going to give, is two $25 Amazon gift certificates. That's next week, the 17th, at our normal time, 8 p.m. Central. So tune in. If you're a subscriber, tune in for that one. You're going to want it. And if you're not a subscriber, we're going to give away two or three Steam games. So, yeah. Just come in and watch. Win some free stuff. It's good. Now, also, we have our Streamlabs donation, Baldahar, thank you, and our, our big patrons, G. Ren, Illuminati tier. That's the highest tier we got. He is uh, he is uh, privy to the amazing powers of the universe. I have it. He has it. You don't have it because you're not Illuminati. Sorry, buddy. And, of course, our massive cheer total from, from Zon, Zon Trexum, a.k.a. Zon, 19 thousand bits thank you very much Zon. we really appreciate it over here and of course you want to look at our upcoming activities uh legion of myth follower subscriber giveaway i just told you about that it's uh, this month it's next week the 17th uh the reason being is because the 23rd is a thanksgiving weekend or the 24th is a thanksgiving weekend and probably don't want to give away something that people might have plans you know going around being with family good times i want to give these people stuff too so we're probably going to do it the 17th, so don't worry about that. Uh, 10, sub active, 10 sub entries will activate the uh, prize, which is, like the poll says, it's going to be two, two, two subscribers going to win uh, $25 Amazon gift cards. If 20 subs enter, we have 20 subs. If 20 subs enter, not only are we going to give away those two Amazon gift cards, we're also going to give away an RX 580 Power Color GPU, 8 gig GPU. So that's going to be fun. And of course, uh, follower. Uh, follower uh, 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 entries will activate Steam games. And not up to four, it's going to be three probably. You know, we want to spread them out a little bit. Don't want to blow everything in one giveaway. And of course, uh, at Gen Con 2020, the Legion's going to be there. We're all going to be there. I don't care if I got to 
you know, kidnap some folk, but we're going to be there. And a ticket registration chart starts at January 2020, sometime around there. They haven't said, obviously, it's, you know, a year and a half out. Uh, activity sign up somewhere around May, and the event itself is going to be in the first couple weeks of August. So look for that, save your ducats, and get it going. Now, let's see what we have here. Uh, oh, Elgarian, hello. Hello, hello, Elgarian. What else we got here? Okay, you can join us on uh, Discord, please. We, we love to hear from you. You can follow us on Twitter, watch us on YouTube, and, of course, here on Twitch. All good. And, of course, you can hear this as a podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and any good aggregator anywhere. And, of course, you could support us support us here at the Legion. Direct support through Patreon is great. Streamlabs donations, also cool. But the LOM gear, quality stuff. It's not. This is not cheap gear that's going to fall apart in the wash. This is good stuff. And, of course, you can cheer at any time. Just type in cheer and the number of bits you want to cheer, and that'll tell us we're doing a good job. I like being told I do a good job. It's always fun. And, of course, there's Max Liao and Algarian. Max Liao streams on YouTube Thursdays and Fridays at 12 p.m. Central. He does anime stuff, a little bit of comic stuff, some games, and nerd topics. And he tries to weave them into general pop culture topics of the day. So, yeah. That'll be fun. And of course, uh, for his straight-to-YouTube videos, he's doing uh, Earth Dawn right now. And I don't know who's next. The last one was Beastmaster. Uh, he's probably not going to do a, a magic-using class. He might do Thief, although Thief's going to be pretty hard. We're going to see how that goes. And of course, we have Algarian. He's doing streams on Twitch pretty much every day. Every, every day. Twice a day. Eight times a day. All days. 26 hours a day. He's on, he's on Twitch. I have trouble actually streaming because he's streaming so much. And mostly he streams Shadow of the Avatar. But in all, all the evenings, Monday through Friday, it's a, it's a, it's a grab. But we're going to get into that later on in the episode. And, of course, you can, if you like Soda, you like Shroud of the Avatar, then you're really going to like rpoda.com and sodahelp.org. Go check those out if you're new, if you want to, to get in the know in the game. That's where to go. All right. Now. This is our disclaimer. Now, normally Garthon does this really well, so I'm going to try really hard. All right, here we go. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. While we make an effort to provide a family-friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. How was that? Was that good? I like that. That was nice. I like that a lot. All right. Let's get to this thing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Heathen Dogs, Heathen Dog Anime on the Stream, where I watch anime on either Netflix or Hulu, which are the most popular platforms that people buy for movies and TV, so why can't they get their anime there too? Well, they can. And I'm going to watch some of them for you, and I'm going to tell you if they're worth watching or worth passing. Now, first, we're going to talk about Gunslinger Girl. Now, this is Gunslinger Girl... Il Teatrino. You know what? I have some help on that. No, I don't have help on that. That sucks. All right. Well, it is Italian. Teatrino means a little theater or puppet theater, and that's because all of the assassins in this in this anime are little girls. Apparently, they're really great assassins. Anyway, it's set in Italy. Which is really weird hearing hearing uh, uh, Japanese uh, was trying to make an Italian accent 
with an Italian backdrop and Italian clothes, and uh, it's 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 kind of it's kind of disconcerting, but. Yeah, there it is. Uh, Gunslinger Girl follows the exploits of the Social Wel- Welfare Agency, or the agency, where uh, they, they take uh, little girls who have been uh, mortally wounded and make them bionic assassins. No, seriously, they must they give them muscle replacements and, and uh, uh, biomechanical organs and stuff and make them into assassins for the government. Does it go over well? Eh. We'll let you decide, but I'm going to tell you all about it. Now, first I'm going to get to the details. Details. Directed by Hiroshi Ishidori, written by Yu Aida and Tatsuhiko Urata. I'm going to say that. Probably wrong. Uh, Music by Kawatani. Uh, Studio is Artland. Uh, Licensed by Funimation and Manga Entertainment. Original network, Tokyo MX. Tokyo MX is pretty much a giant umbrella of many, many subsidiary networks. So if it's Tokyo MX, it's all over. It's all over Japan. Original run at January 8th, 2008 to April 1st, 2008 for a total of 13 episodes. And you can watch these on Netflix. Now, let's get into the nitty-gritty. The main characters. The main characters are the cyborgs. They're all girls. And uh, they're, they're all uh, given their own backstory. Okay? They, uh, e- each episode goes delves deep into the story of one of the girl assassins. One of the cyborgs. And it's done really well. It's done in, in the in the first series, Gunslinger Girl. They used an episode to do a flashback on the past of, of all the girls, how they got to the agency. Well, in the second season, they don't do that. They they uh, they use an episode to delve deep into what's currently going on with these girls, what's in their life right now. So I like the fact they didn't start go back in the past, even though they they introduced a couple other girls. They didn't do what they did the last series they did something new which i like now out of all these girls uh none of them in this series is actually highlighted uh trailer perhaps the trailer is the uh taller girl with the uh long blonde ponytail in the picture below me but uh besides her no one really gets a starring role in this one in uh series one it was henrietta who's in the uh, the left uh, the largest in the frame left hand side foreground uh but uh, everyone gets everyone gets their own uh, time in the spotlight, and no one besides Trailer gets gets more than one or two episodes. So everyone gets to have their own day, and everyone seems to have a different favorite. You know, you, uh, you actually go on Reddit and, and look at Gunslinger Girl, and everyone will say, "No, no, Henrietta's the best, Trailer's the best, uh, Angelica's the best." You know, like it'll go around, and then all their reasons. I mean, it was fun reading it, really. I mean, because these people are really into it, and I like that kind of. Uh, that kind of emotion when it, when it comes to anime, especially this one, because it elicits emotion. Now, each of these girls has to deal with a different side effect of their conditioning. Now, conditioning for these girls is a, a combination of brainwashing, drug therapy, and uh, bionic implants. Now, all of this has a tendency to make some people get a little nutty in the head, and they all lose some of their lifespan apparently a great deal they don't really get into that i wish they did but even in the second even in the second series they did not get into what the conditioning actually does besides hinting that some people have a psychotic break and hinting that uh that these girls have a shorter lifespan drastically shorter lifespan but they don't actually get into any details or numbers or anything they leave it really kind of a loom uh, a looming fate above their sort of damocles type thing above their head 
but we're going to go on to the main antagonist. Enemies of the state, that's basically it. I mean, they are their government agency, and they go after what the government tells them to go after, and that's mostly terrorists, organized crime. It is Italy, right? So the mob's going to be a big thing. And uh, terrorists in this one are a big thing as well. I'm going to get into them in a second. But uh, sometimes they just go after political enemies. You know, the, the people in power don't like someone coming up in the polls. And, well, they, they send assassins after them. Is it wrong? Yeah. Is it done? Yeah. So it's realistic. Now, the enemies normally are just a reason for the story to exist. You know, the, the reason there are terrorists and organized crime is for the agency to have some kind of, well, agency, you know, so something to do so, uh, to, to showcase the girls and, their, and their, uh, their normal human male handlers. But in this one, it really delves into some of the terrorists as well, which in the first season that didn't do. The, two, the couple pictured here are Franco and Franca, and they, they get their own storyline. They are bomb makers for uh for the uh some of the terrorist organizations they're freelance bomb makers so whoever's got the money they'll make the bombs and they get their own storyline it, it delves into into franca's uh uh past and why she is a bomb making terrorist for hire so you know it, it gives some of that and you kind of like feel for her, you know like i probably wouldn't blow stuff up but i'd be pissed too type thing now the uh main terrorist organization is the frf the five republics faction they want to stop the inequality that is in Italy between North and South. North Italy is very rich. Southern Italy is very poor. All right. And they believe that the Northern part of Italy is taking advantage of the Southern part of Italy because they have no say, because they have no money, they have no power. So they want to split Italy into five nation states. That way, uh, if, if anyone has real beef, then, then they have more power to lay sanctions on certain parts of Italy because it's now a different state, a, a, a different fiefdom, really. And uh, their prominent leader of the FRF is Cristiano. And he is the top. He's the old man, uh, picture top. He's a former mob lieutenant. Uh, he's an Italian nationalist. So when he saw what the North was doing to the South and him being from the South, he decided that he wanted to put a stop to this. And he started the, uh, he was one of the ground, people on ground floor of the FRF, but uh, the government started cracking down on their peaceful protests by jailing, illegally jailing the, the ringleaders. So he went underground and uh, he turned it into a terrorist organization because that was the only way anything was going to get done in his eyes. And during this time, he found and fostered a young boy uh, whose real name is lost to antiquity. He's not telling anybody, but his code name is Pinocchio. And he's one of the best assassins around since he was trained as starting as a little boy. So, yeah, that's that's pretty rough. His entire life has been killing folk. Uh, he's not unlike the agency girls in that respect, where his handler uh, keeps him at arm's length most of the time. And uh, he's treated kind of coldly, but with respect. And uh, he is a killing machine, just like the girls are. So he is the he is the mirror image of the agency cyborgs, which I found really interesting in the in the storyline. Now, what did I think of it? Three and a half stars. Three and a half stars. Now, I'm, I'm going to go across this whole thing and tell you why. But first, the, the story structure was good. It was a change from series one, but the change was good. It, was, it made everything fresh, and it was still coherent and well thought out. I liked it. The characters, again, the characters are so compelling because all of them are given... 
their own their own backstory. All of them are given depth, which is impressive, especially with just 13 episodes. They really pulled this off. I really like it. The action was good. Uh, when there was not a there's not a lot of action in it. It's very story driven. But when there is action, it's just as hectic and fast as a real gunfight would be. And the line between patriot and terrorist is very blurred in series two. Series one, it was very clear who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. There were a couple of points where they almost touched story-wise, but never really. But in series two, it's the line between good and bad guy, white hat, black hat, is blurred. I mean, toward the end, you don't know who to root for. You don't. I mean, some people are going to say the terrorists have a point. The government's been screwing them over because they want to stay in power. But the government also has a point because the terrorists are the ones who started killing folk with bombs and killing children and stuff. So, yeah, I get it. Now, the bad things. Well, it's slow at times. I told you. Uh, a lot of it is story-driven. So people who want action, 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 they're going to they're gonna think this thing is unbelievably slow. And I get that. I think the story is great, so it didn't it didn't occur to me to be super bad. But it is it is a th- they could have had a couple more uh, gunfights in there to keep the tempo up. Now conditioning equals early death again. Like I, said, I hate it that they don't explain this more. I mean they have doctors on their show. These girls get checkups, and they they could easily drop lines in there to say hey uh, she only has three or three years left, two years left, seven years left, whatever. But they, they don't. They don't explain the conditioning, which has been an irritant since season one for me. And of course, because, you know, I'm a white hat, black black hat kind of guy, I like my good guys and bad guys to be morally separate, not, and not ambiguous. So I don't like the blurred line between patriot and terrorist. I personally don't like that. That's just me. So I gave it three and a half stars, which is actually half star better than I gave Gunslinger Girl the original. So there you go. That's awesome. Now, what do we have next? Mobile Suit Gundam, the 08th MS team. Now, this is this is pretty cool. Uh, this is, a, like I said, 1996, so it's old. Now, uh, it starts off in Universal Calendar uh, 79, which is 79 years after humanity created uh, space stations, uh, permanent space colonies in, in, the, uh, in the Lagrange points of the solar system. And, of course, this started... Uh, uh, Earth versus colonist type things because in all anime humans suck and they, they can't get along ever and uh, this this is based in a uh, jungle in uh, southeastern Asia the uh, uh, the earth the earth people the earth what are they called uh, the, 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 the earth the earth federation is against the the uh, the Zeon and they're, they're from you know everyone's from colonies everyone you know what before I get into all that, which I will, I'm going to get into the details of this. Uh, this was strange. This was strange. I've never seen this before. Uh, the first six episodes were directed and written by someone. The next six episodes were directed and written by someone else. And you can tell the demarcation point. The first six episodes and the last six episodes have a different feel. It's really strange. I thought it was, I thought it was my, just my head when I first, when I first watched it, but no. It's true. Uh, Takeyuki uh, Kanda did the first one through six episodes, and and Umanosuke Aida did uh, seven through twelve. And the writing, uh, Akira Okeo, mm, did killed that one. 
uh, did the first six, and Hiroaki uh, Katajima did the next six. The music, of course, uh, uh, Koei Tanaka, they, they did a lot of music in this in the 90s, I remember. Uh, Studio Sunrise, uh, licensed by Madman Entertainment and Sunrise. Uh, original Network, I looked. I looked Wikipedia, the English version page for Gundam uh, 08, the MS team, the Japanese version page. No one could give me an original network. Right now, it's it's on Bandai Channel, which is a which is a uh, an online uh, kind of like a Bandai for you know, Hulu for Bandai stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I can't. I'm gonna say MX Tokyo or Tokyo MX because that's you know that's a good bet. But the original run was uh, January 25th, 1996 to July 25th, 1999. It was only 12 episodes, so that must have been spaced out quite a bit. It's kind of weird. And of course, you can watch it on Hulu. Now, let's get into the main characters. Main character is Shiro Amada. He's the incoming field commander. In the very beginning, first episode, he is going to Earth to take command of the 08th MS team. Uh, during his transit, he uh, his his transport sees a fight between a Zeon platoon and a, uh, a Federation soldier, and the Federation soldier is getting his butt kicked. So he decides to go out and help. He goes he goes into the uh, um, the hold of the transport ship and he gets in a non-combat model uh, mech and he goes in there and he helps the soldier but in doing so uh, he loses his mech and the, the Zeon soldier loses loses her mech and they end up being stranded in the debris field surrounding orbit of the earth and they have to work together to get rescued and in doing so they come to an understanding with each other they like each other, it's a very enemy mind type thing except it happens a little faster now, while he is inexperienced, he has good command instincts. Uh, he values his troops. He always, he always tries, tries to save them when possible. He only puts them in danger when it's absolutely necessary for mission success. He will not fire on civilians or let civilians get caught in the crossfire. This is very important later on because a lot of the soldiers do not have this ethic. And he looks for an option that causes the least loss of life. Now... Uh, a lot of the other officers think he is a coward for this, which I don't understand. I mean, uh, you want the battle to end as soon as possible. It saves munitions on your side. It saves the, the possibility of uh, people getting injured on your side. And if you beat the enemy faster, the enemy loses momentum and you gain it. So in a prolonged engagement well, on multiple fronts, gaining momentum is very important, at least psychologically. So his tactics are sound, but apparently... Federation just Federation the Xeon Protectorate just love killing folk. Okay. Speaking of the Xeon people, let's see. The Principality of Xeon, uh, uh, Aina Shahalan, uh, I'm guessing on that one. She is a member of a no noble family of the Principality of Xeon. She's actually the uh, the little sister of uh, the Rear Admiral, who ends up being one of the main antagonists of the series. She's the senior test pilot for her big brother's project, a brand new Gundam model that has a giant uh, earth-shattering uh, murder laser on it, kind of like the Death Star, except it won't kill the planet. It just kills, like, lots of folk all at once. And, of course, she's the one who meets Shiro in the, in the first episode. She's the one who is uh, trapped in orbit with him, and they have to work together to survive and get back. They end up doing so, and they each get back to their, their prospective governments, and then they continue their fighting. And along the way, they meet each other in combat, uh, both knowingly and unknowingly. And, uh, yeah, it gets weird because they don't really want to kill each other or get each other killed. Mm. 
Well, she doesn't realize that her brother is having a psychotic break. He is, he's slowly becoming more and more crazy as the series develops, but she's blind to it until the very end because it's her brother. But she's the one who ends up having to deal with him at the end, so that sucks. Anyway, speaking of other main characters, this is the Awake MS team. Uh, MS is a mobile suit team. Uh, Karen Joshua, she's the redhead on the top. She is a Gundam pilot, uh, the most experienced soldier on the team. She's been on the ground the longest out of all these all the team members here. And she had a husband, and her husband was killed early on in the war. And uh, she emotionally, she shut down. She's she's kind of just terse and hard on everybody. And yeah, she throws wrenches. It's not good. She's, you know, broken inside. It happens. It's war. Come on. And then we have Elador Massis, who's uh, on our on the right. Uh, he's a chief operational support. Uh, what meaning is that he doesn't he doesn't uh, pilot a Gundam. He's in a tank that has all of the support instruments needed: sonar, uh, radar, ground penetrating radar, uh, uh, communication specialists, uh, advanced scout. Um, he's got uh, he has drones that he controls. So so he is he's the he and one assistant is the support structure for the entire team. And then we have Terry Sanders on the bottom. He's also a Gundam pilot. Uh, he's depressed most of the time because his nickname is the Reaper. This is his fourth team. He's been on three other teams. And on the third mission for all three other teams, his team was completely destroyed except for him. Everyone was killed. He's the only survivor. So no one wants to work with him. So they, they gave him to the new guy, Shiro. And he's really depressed because he's just waiting for that third mission to come along and everybody dies, and it's going to be all his fault somehow. Even though they're never his fault, but he feels that way. He's got survivor's guilt. He's got it bad. Super bad. All right, now, let's talk about the main antagonist. Obviously, the obvious one, uh, 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 Ganias. Yeah, Ganias Shahalan. Uh, main principality of Xeon Officer. He's a rear admiral, and uh, he is developing the, the new uh, Gundam type, the one with the little Death Star thing. Uh, he's morally and ethically absolutely repugnant. Just awful. He murders fellow Zeon officers. Uh, he has no regard for rules of engagement. He'll kill children. He'll kill women. He'll kill civilians. He doesn't care. Does not care. Uh, at one point when, when the research on his Gundam was done, he poisoned the entire research team so he could take full credit. How he was going to get away with that, I have no idea. But at this point, he was cuckoo bananas gone. And he shoots his own sister because she didn't want to shoot on civilians. You know? Like, normal officers don't want to kill innocent civilians that are just there. Okay. Yeah. But he's the bad guy, right? This makes sense. I mean, he's the bad guy. So he should be morally repugnant. He's the bad guy. Well, then there's the other side of the coin. Isan Ryer. Highest ranking officer in the Earth Federation of the series that, that you see. He's in command of the of the main battle main battle group in Southeast Asia. He is also morally and ethically repugnant. He has no regard for rules of engagement at all. He fires on an unarmed medical ship and destroys it. They were trying to get the wounded away. They were told it is an unarmed medical ship. Everyone of the Xeon forces stood down while the medical ship was escaping. And he agreed to let the medical ship go. He killed it anyway. Because why? He can't. And Xeon are dogs. That's it. 
He plans on breaking ceasefires. Whenever he makes a deal with the enemy, he plans on breaking it. That That's his deal. He's worthless. He's awful. He's an awful commander. And he doesn't care about civilian casualties at all. Doesn't. Time and time again, he has put down blanket fire to kill the enemy with civilian villages right nearby that are going to be napalmed, and he doesn't care. Other officers say, sir, we can't do that. Yes, you can. I'm giving you an order. If you do not follow this order, I will shoot you in the head. So, on pain of death, they follow the order. Yeah. Bad guys everywhere. So, what I give it? Four stars. And I'm going to tell you why. The story is good. It's very well written. It's very uh, character driven. I like that. Uh, the, the, the characters advance the story instead of the story advancing the characters. It feels like a natural progression from beginning to end because all of the, all of the characters move the story forward to a, to a conclusion based on their experience and choices, which I like. The animation, especially for 1996, is good. It's good. Dated, sure, it's 20 years old, but it's still good. The characters, all of their choices, all of the all of their responses to stimuli are completely believable. You believe someone would react in this way faced in the situation. Which I like. That's smart writing. It's not lazy. And I really like the morality of war concept of the the entire uh, the, the entire anime is based on what is war really about? Is it about winning at any cost? Or is it about winning and still holding your ideals? And it's shown that the field-level officers want to win, but still hold on the, to the ideas they're fighting for. But the command-level officers on both sides just want to win and don't care what compromises or horrible things they have to do to do it. Which is believable. Again, I believe that. And it's just sad to see. Now, what I didn't like about it. Giant 25-foot robots in the jungle. Yeah, no. I don't, I don't see that happening. Oh, Baldar says, he's just awful. Heathen dog, he practiced the line by describing me in the past six months. <laughs> Baldahar is, is the bad guy in this. That's what it is. No. But uh, see... Giant robots in a jungle. The problem with that is you can't really sneak around in a giant 25-foot robot in a jungle. Sure, you think, oh, but the trees are higher than 25 feet. It'll give you cover. No, it won't, man. Number one, getting around means trampling trees or bumping every tree in the way. People are going to see you from miles around because the canopy is moving. But in this anime, the canopy never moved when there were Gundams walking underneath it. Stupid. Dumb. Bad mistake. Did not like it. Now, also what I didn't like, which other Gundam series did differently, uh, it only focused on the war in Southeast Asia. This local part of a war that is a global and really uh, solar system-wide conflict. In all the other Gundam series I've watched, most of them, they, they took a more broad view. They would focus in on certain conflicts, but then they would back up and see how the resolution of that conflict uh, changed the war in general. You know, you can see the change of momentum and in, in the, the tide turning for a whole uh, war campaign because of key battles are won or lost. In this one, they didn't have that. Didn't have that at all. It was, it was solely focused 
on just this small theater of operation, and that's it, which I think they could have done better. I think if they had a couple more episodes, they could have uh, woven in a bigger picture storyline, which I think they should have done. But, hey, that's just me. But Four Stars is an excellent anime. If you're going to watch it, watch it quick, because who knows when it's going to leave the streaming service. All right. Now, what are your thoughts on this segment? What are your thoughts on my, my ideas about Gundam and Gunslinger Girl? I want to hear it. Go ahead and uh, go and pop in a Discord or uh, put your thoughts in Twitter. Put it in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, put it in the chat right now. I'll answer. you have any suggestions for future anime? I'd love to hear it. You know, I, I look for anime every other week, and I try and watch the whole series in one go. Uh, if you find a series that has 12, 13, 15 episodes, that's great. If you have a series that has 150,000 episodes, probably not going to do that one, man. <laughs> or maybe I'll just do season one, 26 episodes, max, okay? But still, uh, find me something you like or find me something you don't like, see what I think about it, or something you're curious about. I'll watch it for you. I'll tell you if it's good. Outstanding. Don't miss an episode. Follow uh, with notifications and subscribe to our Twitch channel. We're coming up with some good prizes next week, so do that. And, of course, if you're watching on on YouTube, guess what? Yeah, you can subscribe too. Hit that subscribe button and you'll you'll be uh, told whenever a new YouTube video drops. Maxiawa and the Legion drop uh, drop stuff every week, so check that out. And of course, if you want more of me, Heathen Dogma. Oh, wait. We demand a redo of Dragon Pot. You suck so bad, Baldahar. You are this close from getting the band hammer. That close. Anyone else watching this... Uh, wants to know what he means by Dragon Pilot, go ahead to YouTube and uh, go to Legion of Myth and type in Dragon Pilot in the search bar and you'll find my review of Dragon Pilot. I had to drink during that during that review. All right, you want to see more Heathen Dogma? Check out YouTube, my anime and RPG segments, and of course my team-up, Star Trek Online, uh, with uh, with Garthon. And uh, I am doing, I'll, I will be doing a Call of Cthulhu uh, Monday at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Central Time because we got a key, so... We're going to play it, and I'm going to tell you how I feel about it. I love Call of Cthulhu, so so far it hasn't really let me down, but we, I'm only a four hours in, so let's check that out. Now, uh, past streams, you can see me uh, play from level one to max level on uh, Star Trek Online with Buck Fats McCool. You can see me lose a lot in Monopoly Plus. You can see me get horribly horribly uh, mangled in this war of mine and scared out of my mind in Amnesia, Dark Descent, and Machine for Bigs and Outlast and Outlast, Outlast Whistleblower, Whistleblower. excuse me. And, of course, you can see me win with zero seconds left on the clock. Win portal. It's great. You should check it out. I win with nothing left on the clock. Literally, I think the computer flipped a coin electronically to see if I won or lost, but I won. Now, normally this would be Garthon's segment and you would go into Garthon's compo, but he's not here. And then it would be Max Liao's segment, but Max Liao's not. Wait, Max Liao is here. Max, can you tell us something about your segment? All right, thanks a lot. Good, good to know. Okay, but if you want to see more Garthon, you can check him on YouTube. He's, his comic polls and his team ups with me, and uh, he uh, streams at uh, Sunday with uh, with me. We're playing uh, Star Trek Online, and of course you can see his past streams where he solos uh, Final Fantasy, Banner Saga, and War Machine Tactics, and his current stream is well now it's not it's it's Star Trek Online now. I should have updated these slides, but I didn't. It's Star Trek Online now, but uh, when, when Star Trek Online gets a little boring or we're like, you know, we want to change it up, we'll go to Neverwinter. That's how that works. Okay. Now, we're going to go into our RNG. 
a random number generator. This is where anyone here who's in chat right now can say something they want to talk about and we will talk about it. I have something I want to talk about and I will talk about that. But if anyone here, Max Crickets, I know you'd like that. Anyone here wants has anything they want to talk about? Anything anime, comic book, uh, video game, tabletop game related? Go ahead and shoot me now. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to do that while I take a drink. Just, just soda. Don't worry about it. And while you're thinking about that, I will go to what I'm going to talk about, which is Outlaw King, a, a Netflix, made-for-Netflix movie starring Chris Pine, all about Robert the Bruce and his, uh, his retaking of Scotland from the British. Now, I'm not a big fan of Chris Pine. I don't think he's a good actor. No, I'm pretty sure he's not a good actor. He doesn't act like anyone else. He is himself, kind of like David Boreanaz. He's just himself all the time and if he finds a role that fits him his own personality then it works chris pine as as a jj reboot of captain kirk was serviceable it's great as uh robert the bruce no i'm not even gonna talk about his accent i'm gonna talk about that i'm gonna talk about his screen presence his screen presence is like I, whenever I see him, I, whenever he talks, it's just Captain Kirk stuck in the past. Like he went around the sun too many times and overshot his goal. Now he's in the past. Uh, the, the story is rushed. It should have been longer. The movie should have been longer because all of the storylines are truncated. Uh, they get to the end too quickly. So much so that you, uh, he has an arranged marriage with his, with his wife, the woman in the, in the video, not video, but in the picture below, the woman on the right. Uh, they meet, they're in arranged marriage, they get married, and they fall in love really, really quickly. Like, too quickly. Doesn't make sense. They didn't use enough time to actually build that, you know, build that drama up. To actually make it believable. Sad. And another thing, maybe it's because I'm older, but the first time that I saw uh, Mel Gibson the the, uh, the the Mel Gibson movie Braveheart, uh, it had Robert the Bruce in it, and he was a cowardly, sniveling bastard. And that is what I have in my head of Robert the Bruce. And seeing this, my memories were screaming at me. No, he's Robert the Bruce in, in Outlaw King is is strong and forceful and and vengeful and not to be stopped, a force of nature, like Braveheart was, like William Wallace was. But in Braveheart, Robert the Bruce was like the, the snively of Scot Scotsman. It was crazy. He was just a weakling little sissy boy. It was hard for me to reconcile that. So I had trouble with the, with the movie. If I had to give it a rating, I'd give it two stars. I could be talked up to two and a half because because the, the fight scenes were pretty were pretty good. And uh, the, the British royalty was 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 portrayed in a in an interesting manner that I found both realistic and funny. But uh yeah, yeah, two stars, like I said, I can be talked up two and a half, but that's it. That's all I could do. Two and a half. Max. But I'm gonna go with two right now. Unless someone has something to say in chat, then hey, maybe you can bump me up two and a half. I don't know. 
Anyway, that is my RNG for today. Does anyone have anything else? I mean, that's literally all I have. My segment's only a half hour, so I'm the only one here. That was it. If you guys don't have anything... Oh, have you seen any good Netflix movies? <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. No, I saw a two-star one. Netflix produced. Yes, Netflix produced. Outlaw King. Two stars. Tell your friends. <laughs> Anyone else have anything? Anything they want to talk about? Any YouTube stuff? Gamer news? Uh, you want to talk about Bethesda and Fallout 76? I can talk about that. Oh, here we go. Deep Sea Dauber. They filmed this in, in Mugdock Country Park. I saw them filming a few times. Oh, really? Wow, cool. Uh, did they Were they filming responsibly? Uh, meaning that after they were done and they left, did they screw up the landscape? Or did they, did they, make, a, did they make an attempt to keep the area clean and nice? Because wh whenever I see these, these huge fights on, on screen in places like New Zealand and, and, uh, and Asia and stuff like that, they have these grand, all these extras just on horseback, just tearing up the environment. And I'm sure there's thousands of people in support roles. And I'm thinking, did they just wreck this joint when they left? Like, like, you know, wrappers on the ground and abandoned equipment and screws and nails everywhere. Well, they closed off most of the park. I get it. During filming, you don't want people just randomly just walk into a film set. But after they were gone, is the park still clean? Is it still good? Or did they wreck it in some way? That's what I want to know. They left in a good state. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. Because uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, decide to take away from the budget on the cleanup part. And uh, no, that's not good. Especially when you're a guest in another country or, or another another, you know, another person's backyard you you save some of your budget to clean up after you're done man it's just courtesy i'm glad they followed that i'm glad they followed that courtesy that's good i like that uh elgarian this is for you fallout 76 um wow all all the gameplay i've seen and all the bugs that are coming out it's it's going to come out in what a week and a half something like that is this launch day and people are in the beta right now going, wow, this thing is buggy as heck. Of course it's going to have a day one patch. Of course it is. All games now have a day one patch for some reason. And everyone knows it. You should have patched it before this, the launch, but whatever. That's what happens. But these are these are problems in the geometry of the land. These are problems in AI. Uh, um, how they work, how they run, how they shoot, how they how they uh, you know find cover, which is just broken. And But the big problem that a lot of people are having, me included, is that Fallout 76 looks just like Fallout 4 using the same engine, the same graphics, and Fallout 4 was like, what, five, six years ago when it came out? RimWorld will be your next game. Good. Don't don't buy Fallout 76. It's going to take them a year to, to get the bugs out of this thing. Don't do it. You can get Fallout 4 on the cheap, and you can mod that thing to make it a survival game. Exactly like 76. It will look exactly like 76. You don't need to do anything with it. Trust me. RimWorld. Uh, go ahead and type out uh, what RimWorld's about because I never really got into it. I, I never, I never uh, looked into it. Baldahar is seconding the RimWorld. He, he loves it, apparently. That's good. That's good, you know. 
I, I come to harsh at times. Oh, that's why Baldahar likes it. It's harsh. He can watch people die on stream. That's his favorite thing to do, by the way. Watching people die. Me and John, mostly. RimWorld, it actually, the name reminds me of Terry Pratchett with his Discworld books. Uh, where, how is it set? Is it future, present day, fantasy, what? As a matter of fact, I can look it up. What am I doing? I can just look it up. I can do it right now. I have multiple monitors. I can do this. <laughs> a few streamers named a character after him and got him killed every time. Of course. Of course. RimWorld, official site. RimWorld game. Okay, sci-fi colony sim driven by an intelligent AI storyteller. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Manage colonists' moods, needs, and individual wounds and illnesses. Engage in small team tactical gunplay. Fashion structures, weapons, and apparel from metal, wood, stone, cloth, or futuristic materials. Fight pirate raiders, hostile tribes, rampaging animals, giant tunneling insects, and ancient killing machines. Wow! That's hardcore. It is a top-down sim strategy game, looks like. Yep. Top-down sim strategy game. Seeing it. Uh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't look groundbreaking, but uh, these simple games are usually really fun. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw the, uh, the link in chat. There you go. Here's the link to the RimWorldGame.com. And yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. I like it. All right, what else we got? Is that it, people? Anybody else? Oh, here we go. Max, hey! Well, I can I can rad I can rad chat. Just can't see the video. Oh, well, you're on you're on screen right now. You can't see the video. You can't see yourself on screen here. Uh, listen to yourself talk. Wow, keep the language down, man. Come on, really? Jeez. Yeah, but if no one else has anything, uh, Max Liao, uh, you're at work right now, aren't you? How's that going? Yeah, Max is a huge nerd. That's that is no that's no joke. Yes, it is a neat trick. Oh, you're about to go home. Oh, well, that's good. I thought you were supposed to be there till around 8 o'clock. Oh, wait, no. Yep, that is about 8 o'clock in Germany. Yep, right about now. It's coming up on 8. Germany, what are you going to do, you know? All right, well, it looks like that's it. Uh, nobody else has anything. I'm going to call it. Yep, there we go. All right, here is our daily schedule. Oh, they finished early. That's good. Here's our daily schedule. I want to thank everyone for coming by, and go ahead and please come by on all of these uh, all of these streams as well, especially Elgarian streams. I mean, there's a lot of them, and they're everywhere, but hey, do it. What else we have? We have, uh, you know, this is an individual schedule. If you want to look for individual streamers, you can check us out here. Go ahead and pause it if you want. It's fine. 
And uh, again, I like to say that uh, Max Liao and Algarian, they're having their own things. Max Liao on YouTube uh, for YouTube streaming and on YouTube for YouTube uh, uh, videos, straight, straight to YouTube videos. Uh, Earth Dawn is, is his big thing. Now, of course, uh, Algarian streams on Twitch pretty much all the time. So yeah, there's that. And uh, yeah, you can see him on all days, not just Tuesdays and Wednesdays, pretty much all days. And you can check out uh, Arpiota and SodaHelp.com if you want to get to know Shroud of the Avatar a little better. And of course, you can join the Legion, at Discord, Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. And of course, you can get this pod, this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and any good aggregate anywhere. And of course, support us, Patreon, please, Streamlabs donation, uh, LOM gear, take out a shirt. I'm telling you, these things are good stuff, and you can cheer us right now. For as many bits as you like. And I want to thank everyone for coming by. I really appreciate it. And I just want to say that. Uh, well everyone have a really good day. <laughs>